Wires is a wireless power podcast created to spark conversation, share stories, and educate the public on the future of wireless charging. Each podcast episode explores one key question in or adjacent to the wireless power space. Guests include wireless power industry experts, engineers, product designers, and technology leaders engaging in casual chats on compelling subjects. Our World Without Wires takes a lighthearted tone that is accessible to everyone, even while addressing highly technical topics. Join us and learn how you can live in an unwired world. Welcome to Our World Without Wires. Today, we're going to answer the question, what's next for in-vehicle wireless charging? Did you know that in our automobiles, electronics drive everything these days? Our vehicles often have in excess of 100 tiny computers and over 3,000 chips. These deliver all the fancy new features we love, cameras and sensors, auto-dimming rearview mirrors, blind spot monitoring, auto braking, lane control, self-parking and self-driving, even mood lighting and automatic wipers. All of these electronics demand the delivery of power throughout the vehicle. Our guest today is Josh Yank, CEO of Yank Technologies. Yank Technologies is a wireless power innovator based in Brooklyn, New York, and Josh and his team are working on a very unique and innovative way to deliver power wirelessly. So welcome to our world without wires, Josh. Before we dive into the future of wireless charging in our automobiles and vehicles, I'm sure everybody is eager to learn a little bit about yourself. And really more importantly, you know, why does a young entrepreneur like you decide to jump into wireless power and not something a little bit easier, like something software? Well, no, thank you, first of all, for having me uh, on this podcast today. I very much appreciate it. Um, and, and yeah, it wasn't like a very direct path. Uh, it was a very windy road uh, to get where we are today, uh, which is exciting where we are today. But um, I mean, I, I've been doing this for a little over eight years, actually. Um, so ever since uh, I was in college in, in, in Binghamton, uh, it didn't start out with wireless charging. It, it evolved into wireless charging, actually, uh, influenced very heavily by a lot of really cool academic papers, honestly, that were coming out in wireless power. So I just thought I was very drawn to it, honestly. Uh, it seemed like a very fascinating kind of research. I've always been a fan of Nikola Tesla for a very long time. So um, eventually we... we very quickly, probably within the first six months of me doing the company in Binghamton, we transitioned towards doing wireless power because of all this great research and my influences from Nikola Tesla and being really fascinated by him as an individual. And uh, <laughs> then there's the dark ages. So that's operating in upstate New York, uh, where for a few years, we didn't really get much done in hindsight. Um, then I, I moved back to my my parents and a little bit north of Manhattan in Rockland County. We were working at uh, me and an engineer were working out of my parents' basement for a bit, and then we got into the Columbia University startup lab, and that's where things started to move in the right direction. We were there for a little over a year, and then we went into our current facility uh, here in Brooklyn, where we started making a lot more significant research progress. But it was like over a little over eight year period. So it wasn't like an overnight thing. 
No, awesome. And I think, you know, a hard word is hard, Josh, right? And, you know, you don't go oh, from yeah. your garage <laughs> or, or your basement to an IPO, right? Yeah, my parents <laughs> were very steps. thrilled. Yeah, <laughs> they wanted me to get the heck out of the house or move at least all the stuff in the basement, that's for sure. Right, right, right. And I'm sure, you know, your story will motivate a lot of other young entrepreneurs to pursue hardware and some of the difficult things. Uh, so very cool, very cool. So, so Josh, kind of changing gears a little bit, right? We all have wireless charging in our cars today. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I feel maybe consumers aren't thrilled with it. A few of the stories that I have seen people saying, yeah, I have wireless power in my car, but uh, maybe the experience doesn't meet the expectations uh, sure. they had of the technology when they made some investments, right? You know, I live in Boston, there are potholes everywhere. And the first time my car goes over a pothole, my phone isn't charging anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I'm really curious to hear from you is all of the technology and the work that you are doing at Yank. Do you have this magic to take away some of those challenges and frustrations that we all as consumers have? Yeah, so I, I mean, uh, your, your frustrations are pretty common uh, from what I've talked to, especially uh, people that, let's say, are Apple device uh, like users, for example, with the whole uh, like... Uh, it's like a mag almost similar to like a MagSafe charger. There is like a magnet inside the phone and it, it causes like a lot of overheating challenges with a lot of car makers. But at the end of the day, you don't blame the car maker. You blame, excuse me, you don't blame Apple. You blame the car maker. So that's like mm-hmm. pretty commonplace. Um, Cause the metal body within the phone and the magnet within the phone is starting to heat up a lot of, a lot of the charger. And then your experience in turn isn't quite what you expected it to be. So a lot of what we do uh, within magnetic resonance, right? And that's um, definitely multiple companies within Airfuel, uh, also within the same technology umbrella. Uh, we're able to really bypass a lot of the uh, physical alignment requirements of like inductive systems or like those cheat chips inside your phones. So that's like an immediate hurdle that you're able to overcome. Now, what we do specifically, I guess, within that umbrella that's pretty unique is that we have very wide range, uh, what's called uh, reflected impedance characteristics that the amplifiers can handle. Basically, what that means is you could place your phones in multiple areas and the amplifiers or the electronics built into, let's say, the center console can handle that very readily. So that's something, for instance, we've done in public demonstrations with like the Motherson Group. Uh, as one of our clients, we worked inside of like a Porsche Taycan center console. Um, so that's just one way to kind of bypass those issues. I was going to say, so I, I would just love to simplify, right? You know, all the reflected, reflected impedance and all of these things. I'm sure you are a geek. You understand all of that stuff. Our audience probably maybe doesn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All what you're saying is, look, some of the challenges that we have with today's technology, you know how to design the magical electronics to take some of, take away some of that pain. Did I get that right, essentially? Pretty much. Uh, so from like a user experience standpoint, right? Like mm-hmm. you can place your phone then in multiple positions. We focus on a lot of like a 3D architecture rather than just charging pads. Awesome. So you can put awesome. your devices in things like cup holders. Uh, so it gives you a lot more like user freedom 
and like overall, just like a better experience. Hey, I would love that. If I could just put my phone in my cup holder and it charges and I don't have to worry about, you know, getting a new cup holder if I get a new phone, which is what I had to do, right? You know, it's, it's, it's just frustrating. Uh, cool. But, but Josh, a lot of your work from what you and I were talking about previously mm-hmm. is targeted not just to charging consumer devices in the car, but a lot of our electronics in the car. In the end, I was shocked to learn that our cars are like just full of microprocessors and chips in our cars. Like, uh, so I'm eager to hear, and I'm sure our audience would love to understand what are you doing kind of behind the scenes or things that may not be obvious to them as they open up their next car. Sure. Uh, That's actually mostly the space we operate in is Uh usually servicing these what's called OEMs or the manufacturers for these cars directly. Uh, These are our primary clients. And what we do is we help them power a lot of the interior electronics. So that could be powering car seats to remove wire harness connections to your seat to include new features like increased rotation, actuation of the seat, movement of the seat, make it removable seats more readily. It could be things like doors, so that way you could have more readily removable doors and you don't have to go underneath the instrument panel to like reach out and plug in a harness connection. Uh, so there's like an additional layer of convenience there. So it's a lot of interior appliances actually within vehicles that we normally operate in. Cool. And explain to me and our audience, Josh, right? Why does an OEM want to replace all of these wire harnesses with something new? Yeah, because I didn't expect this at first too, because we were first doing phone charging stuff, right? Uh, right? Whether it's center consoles or other areas of the vehicle, but then they started approaching us more with these other problems that they're experiencing. So uh, one of them could be reliability issues with uh-huh. uh, the, let's say, for instance, the harness for moving in different, locations throughout the vehicle. Like if I'm a car seat, for example, and let's say I'm a a van, I maybe have to be able to move the seat for a very long track length. And that could be causing reliability issues. Uh, Another reason could be warranty costs. So even though the wireless power system might be more costly than the wiring, the warranty costs are significantly more expensive than the wireless power system. So they actually save money by including this and they can include new features. And the new features could be, hey, what if I want to build an autonomous car and I want to rotate my seats? So if you're in the front of the car, I could talk with the passengers in the back of the vehicle. So it's really cool things like that too, that they're trying to make new features. Very nice, very nice. I had never thought about that. And I'm assuming the same applies to like repair, for example, right? Or if my car gets dinged up, if I have a fender bender and the electronics that are there in the car now are so much more expensive and having wires running around everywhere, that effort costs a lot more than cost of just the door panel at the end. Yeah, and it, it, it could be, it, so it's a lot of bundled up costs, right? It could be labor costs, it could be repair costs, it could be the warranty costs. These things add up. It's not as simple as just, you know, plug and play a wire connection, right? When you accumulate all these things, you know, if I'm a Honda or BMW, uh, I'm looking at this from a full picture perspective and saying, hey, wait a minute, maybe there's a better way to go about this. 
I see, I see, I see. Uh, no, it's very interesting. So, you know, I think I'm, I'm eager. I, I can't wait to have my next car, really, have some of these cool things. Uh, and I know like a lot of these wire harnesses are limiting, like you said, right? You know, a seat can't rotate 360 degrees because this wire is probably going to get wrapped around. <laughs> Yeah, it, be, it makes it very complicated, the, uh, the yeah. kind of wire harness then that you need. Right, right. Uh, how far do you think uh, we are from having some of this new technologies in a car that we can buy, by the way? Yeah, so we're actually working on um, pilots for vehicles for 2025 and 2026 cars. Okay. So that, that's what we're primarily working on right now. Um, so when you work with a car maker, you first have to not only prove the technology to them, prove the reliability, but then enter what's called a production program to get it ready for production. And that typically takes about two years. So actually that's the stage that we're starting to work on with our automotive clients. Very nice, very nice. And I think... So this is just one car iteration away, right? You know, every, you know, it probably takes more than a few years for, for a car platform to be developed. So it's not that far away at the end. Yeah, which is definitely really exciting. Uh, granted, it would be a pilot run, right? So it wouldn't be the entire vehicle line. It would be, sure. let's say, uh, 50,000 units in North America for uh, a test trial. Uh, but at least to seeing it and feeling it and experiencing it in real life, you're not very far away. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and look, I think this is pretty normal for the car industry from what I know, right? You know, even look at something like Bluetooth. Uh, there's a whole business about Bluetooth in cars and little speakers that you would attach to your uh, visors before Bluetooth became integrated in the cars. Uh, so to have this technology, we're talking already about integrating it in the cars just a couple of years from now. Uh, that's exciting stuff. It's kind of feels like it's kind of sneaking up on us without a lot of, uh, you know, marketing around it at the end. Maybe yeah, it's just it's kind of hidden. Uh, I mean, we've been doing this for years, right? And people yeah. don't really know about it. Um, like with a lot of our clients, we're really in the third year of the, of the uh -huh. development cycle. So it's not like we're doing initial like trial runs with them, right? It's, it's pretty detailed at this point, pretty coordinated towards specific vehicle lines. Um, but yeah, I would love to get the word out more that not only is this stuff possible, but this is really the future of where this is going for the entire automotive industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is, this is awesome. So actually, I would just love to, to hear from you, kind of just looking out beyond just the next generation, right? Mm -hmm. Where do you see what's going to be the impact of this technology on the cars of the future, right? You know, what happens in mm. 10 years time, let's say? Yeah, uh, so I think actually there's a lot of things that wireless power is going to impact both in the vehicle and outside the vehicle. So in the vehicle is definitely where we normally operate in. Uh, and I could definitely say within the vehicle, you know, we're going to be having active pilots for, and when I say pilots, I mean manufactured and products for people to drive by 2025, 2026. In 10 years from now, there's going to be the, 
I would say near majority, if not significant minority of OEMs or manufacturers of vehicles to have some sort of wireless power element for at least some appliance within their car, whether it's a car seat, whether it's a door, ambient lighting, it could be a lot of different features even within the same car. And even outside the car, uh, like powering the vehicles directly, I would say would really start going a little bit more hand in hand with autonomy. Me, me personally, that's what I think. Um, and with autonomous vehicles, I would say within a 10 year time span, really doing a lot more aggressive piloting, um, that would be a pretty good sync up with wireless power as well. Very cool, very cool. Uh, I, I'm so excited about this, right? I think this is, this is something really, really awesome and cool. I would, maybe before we kind of wrap up today's podcast, I would just love to kind of go back to Yank as a company and get your views on what have been the biggest challenges for you, right? You know, building hardware is not easy or cheap. Yeah. Uh, right? And doing something as ambitious as you are doing, I'm sure it's not been all easy. No, I mean, like you said, there's a hard and hardware for a reason. It is a very, very difficult path. Um, I would say as a company, the challenges change as you grow. Um, right now, uh, one of our biggest challenges is just hiring the right people as quickly as possible because uh, we're getting a lot of requests from our clients, which is a fantastic challenge to have, but we need to make sure we have the bandwidth to execute effectively. And this is not necessarily um, a little bit more of a widespread engineering discipline. It's a little bit more specialized. Like typically it could involve multidisciplinary skills like antenna design within electrical engineering, power electronics, uh, microwave engineering. So there's a lot of different disciplines at play. Um, and because of that, it definitely makes scaling your team a challenge, even when things are going very well. Uh, so I, I want to stop you there, Josh, for a second, right? So if there are any engineers listening to this, yeah. uh, if you are in, you are a double E interested in power electronics, send Josh an email and Josh, please give your yes. email address. I'm sure you're going to get flooded with emails now, but that's probably what exactly what you want. Uh, give people your email so they can reach out because I think uh, people are looking to have like work on cool stuff and there's not a whole lot of stuff cooler than what you're doing. No, I mean, that would be fantastic. I'm probably going to get flooded, but it's uh, josh at yangtechnologies.com. You can reach me at. Um, and yeah, like I, I would love to get in touch with more really talented people, really passionate and interested in working on challenging and exciting problems that impact their lives. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Josh. I appreciate that. Awesome.